Hey, what's up? It's MJ. Want to snag a $100 Napa cab for $25? Wine Spies finds incredible wines at ridiculous prices. We're talking Zinfandel, Barolo, Champagne, you name it. Some of these wines are up to 75% off. It's not a club, so there's no obligation to buy. They even have a build a case option so you can mix and match wines and take advantage of free shipping on every purchase. Make sure you keep an eye out for their daily offer because once a wine sells out, there's no guarantee it'll be back. Go ahead and check them out. You'll even get a discount by going to winespies.com forward slash black wine guy. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, MJ, and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is co-founder of La Luz Selections, Karen Off-Bimbry. Um, La Luz Selections is an exclusive wine brokerage and import company representing prominent brands alongside emerging small growers from Spain and Portugal. She is considered a veteran and expert in the Spanish wine industry. She has conducted several classes regularly around New York City, such as Murray's Cheese, the Astor Center, and the American Sommelier Association, which I say wrong all the time. Um, Karen has participated many times on the New York Times wine tasting panel and has been quoted in numerous magazines such as Wine and Spirits, Fine Cooking and Culture, to name a few. A mentor to many, she is an enthusiastic and driven wine professional and a dedicated Epicurean whose long-term commitment, mission, and focus is to further share her passion for Spain's gastronomic bounty. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Karen. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, we're good. That's great. Thank right. you. So Karen and I connected um, through uh, our season finale guest, Madeline Maldonado, who was the... Uh, Esquire Magazine Beverage Director of the Year, and um, you came up in the conversation, and she, this was my mentor, and then afterwards, like, you got to get her on here. So we connected through Madeline, and uh, really excited that we're able to have you here today, and um, tell, 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 us, tell everybody about the wines you brought today, what we drank drinking on. Well, first, I just want to shout out to Maddie, Madeline, because she really is the best. She's been such an... Um, you know, she was just such a strong foundation for me and my business for for a long time, and uh, I just love her to pieces. And so it, it's an, it's truly when she when I was listening to the podcast and I heard that like my heart just exploded. I really wasn't expecting it, and it's like we've connected a lot because of it. So I appreciate uh, we've reconnected. So I, I appreciate that honestly. Awesome. MJ. Anyway, um, no, that's great. I'm, I'm I love it. This, we're doing something right here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I brought two wines today. The first one is the called Blanc Torto, mm -hmm. which is from the region of Montsant in the Catalan area of Spain, about 45 minutes outside of Barcelona. And this one is mostly, uh, well, it's 100% Carnacha Blanca. Okay. And it, it's a cool wine. It's called Brisat. And so what Brisat means in, in 
in Catalan is basically skin contact. Okay. And so this wine is the... So with this producer, he's all biodynamic. Uh, he's a really kind of considered the maestro of biodynamics in the region. He's a professor of biodynamics. They have their own, you know, shit farm. He has like a manure farm off uh, the the vineyards that he he cultivates all the all the manure to bury the horns. He does all of the treatments, and uh, this brisat, what how he makes it is he picks all the grenache, he puts it in a tank, and then after one day, he takes out seventy percent of the wine and makes a like a free run must called just orto blanc. And then he leaves about 30% of the of the juice on 100% of the skins for another four days. And that it becomes the brisat. So if you notice, it's a very sunny wine. It's very golden. It's yeah. not, there's yeah. no oak on this wine, okay. but it has a lot of texture yeah. and color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that comes from the skin contact. You know, I wouldn't quite call it, call it an orange wine, but it definitely has some th- textural component, but still remaining really bright and sunny. That's what I, I love these wines. I love sunny white wines. And the second one I brought is a sherry. I mean, I really don't go anywhere without a bottle of sherry. It's the, the gift that keeps giving, I think. I love it. Um, you know, we'll sip a little bit of this bottle and then I'll, I'll leave it with you and you'll probably sip it, you know, out of it maybe you know 10 more nights and have uh, or i might just take it to the head on the new jersey transit home but 21 um, percent alcohol you gotta be careful no i won't be doing that <laughs> psych <laughs> that's why i'm not sipping it yet yeah no 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 that's very cool um well this is um i was just you know on the wine i have had a monstat red before i and so this is I, I love it i never had a blanco from that region and um it is it's got like beautiful color and i mean it almost has like smoky there's smoke it almost has like like an aged white burgundy look to it you know what i mean yeah and it has like that crystalline texture that i sometimes love it almost feels like if like when you sometimes when you eat cheese and it has that lactic quality but it also has like crunchy mm-hmm. It's almost like you would I, f- I forget the name of it and I taught it Murray's cheese. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. Um, but when you have those kind of in like aged cow's milk and you eat like an old aged gouda and in some of the parts you have little though crystalline textures. I get that yeah. on this wine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to sip on this. Actually, we 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 pretty we're banging through this pretty quick. Sorry, that's me. I'm that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's how I that's that's the, this is this is the black wine guy experience. When I get nervous, uh, I, I, I tend to sip heavier. That's okay. It's all good. All right. So, you know, before we dive into the world of wine with you, um I our research assistant found out that you went to Queens College. Yeah. And you have a BA in Spanish and business and liberal arts. Wait, 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 wait. It was called Bella was the name of the program. Okay. It was a business and liberal arts program. So okay. that is all one thing. Got so it. I was a Spanish major with a business and liberal arts concentration. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Oh, well, I could die. so like wow. It's a weird. The woman who developed it developed it like the year before I went, and we were kind of part of this big uh, starting out uh, launch of this program, and it was actually uh, incredible. I, my, the education I got at Queen, Queens College was fantastic. 
uh, everybody w- that went there. I had gone to Towson State. I was mm-hmm. saying earlier, I'd gone to Towson State for a couple of years in Baltimore, and everybody yep. was like a huge party, you know, which was awesome. But I left, <laughs> and uh, I came back to Queens College, and everybody that was, you know, it's one of the most diverse universities, I think, in the country. The more languages spoken at Queens College University, I think, than and, and maybe I'm like sure NYU. I, I, th- I think Rutgers is, actually. Yeah? Yeah. So Because Barack was there. I think Rutgers, that whole quarter of New Jersey is crazy. That Middlesex County? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty it, it might be up there. I, I think I heard that. Yeah, and so I'm sure Queens is like and that. Also, but Queens is, is like that too. A really long time ago. <laughs> so, so it could be now, yeah, but yeah, like back yeah. in the day. So maybe that was just when I was there. Um, but it was, you know, everybody went to learn. Yes. There was no like on campus. Everybody like fought right. their way to get there. Right. Everybody was a lot of first generation um, people that were like were so honored to be going to school. It was a totally different vibe, and it was about going to school to learn. And yeah. so it was uh, tre- tremendous. Now, are you originally from uh, New York City? I'm not from New York City. Okay. I'm origi- <laughs> I'm going to be very careful how I say this. <clears throat> I'm originally from Long Island. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Just, when you said I'm not from New York City, I was like, okay. I did live in the East Village okay. for 20 years. Okay, but you, so you're from Long Island. See, I knew he was going to. Didn't I tell you he was going to do that? I oh, said shit, I'm from Jersey. Everybody, everybody goes, Jersey. It's the same thing, really. It's just Jersey by the by the other side of this New York City. No. <laughs> similar. 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 <laughs> There's also wonderful beaches, but I, ca- I came from really far out. I didn't come from... What, the East Nassau. End? Yep. Where'd you come from? So I was born in East Mauritius. Okay. Or like Riverhead. Yeah. And then uh, we lived in East Mauritius, Riverhead Hospital. And then I moved to the North Shore, Sound Beach. Okay. Uh, so about an hour, 20 minutes outside of the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, my father was a fisherman and a bar owner, and you know we grew up like <laughs> playing, you know, playing you, the bowling uh, game at the bar while my dad was drinking. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, yep. all right. So you had you're part of this. Sounds like a really killer program. I love programs like that where yep. you like you know you mix some liberal arts with some business stuff. Um, and uh, Spanish is that like your native tongue or? It's not my native tongue. Okay. Um, uh, no, my mom, actually, I think probably the first, I, I would be lying if I didn't give her some of the inspirational credit. Mm-hmm. My mother was a Spanish teacher. Okay. So even early on when I was growing up, she had like Spanish plates on the wall. You know, my mom went to Spain one, once as a teacher before mm-hmm. I started going off into Spain. And then uh, we've been a lot together. But she's, um, yeah, she was a high school Spanish teacher. So I think that that's probably the first inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then I took it in high school, went to Spain on like the school trip. Yeah. Um, and they were really worried about me because they thought I was going to misbehave because I was kind of a rebel in high school. You? I don't get that vibe. I, I, I kid, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but it was funny, but I was already doing that shit. I didn't need to go to Spain and do it. It right. was all the good kids that right. were never allowed out of their house that right. went ballistic. Well, and it was great. It sounds like Long Island. Yeah. My know? teachers had to uh, basically put me in charge one day to because I was the one who spoke the best Spanish to bring a bunch of kids home because they had to stay and take care of a situation. Yeah. Um, and that was like the beginning. I was like, wait, I just got us home. Yeah. I just got us home in Spanish back to the hotel. A bunch of like, we were 15, you know. <laughs> um, they probably shouldn't have done that, but that's that was the, the first love came. All right. So so his mom was a Spanish teacher. Your, your accent, I don't speak Spanish, but I know people who do. And it, it's... <laughs> impeccable um so uh how did you 
first get in? You, I know you love, we said you're an Epicurean. Um, how did you get into the food and wine scene? What was like your first gig in the business? My very first gig, I never babysat. Nobody ever let me babysit their children. I uh, my first job was like a host, uh, hostess and bus girl at the uh, the Village Way restaurant on Main Street in Port Jefferson. So I probably had just turned 16. They let me trail, you know, and like free work basically until I was 16. And then they put me on the books and I did every job there. I still have like back issues from I worked there for years. <laughs> but when I was older, I'd come back from college and work there on my on my breaks. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, doing the bar and I would lift my arms up with huge racks of glasses. And I still have like, I don't know why my left arm is so strong, but my left arm is <laughs> from all the. So and then I worked, you know, at like. 10 or so restaurants in New York uh, before I landed at Be Our Guest. That was my last restaurant job in New York City. All right. So um, <clears throat> you're bouncing around the city, you know, doing a thing. And, and this, did you work while you were in school? Also? I worked every, uh, yeah, I worked every year throughout school. I worked at a 24-hour diner, the overnight shift uh, at Towson State. Uh, incredible job uh, serving all the drunk people who come in after the bars <laughs> and eat burgers. And so it's from um, 11 to 7. Great shift. I made tons of money. So that really helped. And then when I came back from uh, Towson State and went to Queens College, I worked at Giardino's Italian restaurant in uh, Douglaston. No, was it Douglaston? Bayside? Douglaston. Bayside. Hmm. Bayside? Bayside? <laughs> I forget. There was three locations. I forget where the one it was. Bayside. Okay. Yeah. So we. Uh, so that's where I worked. Uh, and I still have great friends that I met there from, from 20 years ago. Yeah. Italian, you know, Peniella Vodka, Quattro Stagione Pizza, you know, just like straight up, you know, baby showers and um, <laughs> engagement parties, you know. They were kind of mafia. We won't talk about that. But yeah. You think those guys are kind of mafia? The Russo family from Staten Island. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, I grew up <laughs> in Jersey. Maybe cut that out. <laughs> no, I grew up in Jersey and, and, and uh, down the shore. And there was a, there, there still is a racetrack, but it was really big back then, Monmouth Park. And I remember 1985, feds came in, racketeering, arrested like 50 people, like kids I went to high school, their dad. And you always wonder, what does your dad do? Uh, you know, whatever. Driving around in Cadillacs, you know. He just makes money. We yeah, don't know. yeah, we don't know. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, listen, they made, listen, Sopranos. I mean, that's, this is the part of the country we live in. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit of that around. So, um, so you mentioned, okay, so Be Our Guest. That was your last real restaurant gig, right? Mm -hmm. So where, tell me, I'm not familiar with that restaurant. I'm sure people around the world are. So tell us a little bit about, you know. Wow. So Be Our Guest was a crazy restaurant group back in that, you know, I'm uh, this is early 2000s now we're talking about. 99, I started working for them. 98, I started working for them. They used to own restaurants all over New York. Okay. Ruby Foo's, the Blue Water Grill down okay. in Union yep. Square. I'm yep. sure you've been yep. there. Atlantic yep. Grill, Ocean Grill. They had a whole empire. Started out as a waitress. Then um, one of the things that you know I, I kind of was super proud of early on, I just there was such a discrepancy between the way the manager spoke to like the front of the house and the way the manager spoke to the back of the house, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I just found it a lot of times really disrespectful. And so I pitched to the owner of the company, Stephen Hansen. It's like this, he, not all the restaurants exist anymore, and so they've kind of he sold and did a whole bunch of you know spreading out his his empire. But um, I pitched him the idea to to teach a class. Uh, uh, to the management staff, a required class to the management staff, how to communicate better with the non-English speakers okay. of the of the team, as opposed to being like, you know, 
late, you know, or a mapo. And it's just like, dude, that's not how you say it. <laughs> it's like so rude. <laughs> oh, man. And so it was it was awesome. It was really cool. And then, um, you know, 9-11 happened and, and kind of all of the little things that were, we were doing um, were cut from the program, so to speak. Now, what was your position there? Were you were you doing anything with the beverages at that point? I wasn't doing anything at the beverages at that point. I was still I took, you know, the American Sommelier Association course, but that was towards the end of my stint there. Okay. We just they be our guest was incredible. They, you know, Greg Harrington, Master Sommelier, um, Inez Rubistello, uh, there was Chuck Simeone, there was a lot of people that we learned from. I mean, they had what was called wine college. I was getting a free wine education from Be Our Guest restaurant mm -hmm. by being able to just show up a half hour early to 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 work and get a 30 minute master class about Chardonnay from the wine director. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first education. And then in 2001, me and a couple of my friends that were, I all met at that Giardino's restaurant in Queens, <laughs> took the American Sommelier Association wine class on the 110th floor of the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were all there September 10th, 2001 wow. at 9 a.m. in the morning. It was every Monday, the class. So like same time, day before. Uh, so that was kind of crazy. And we lived in the East Village at the time, and I could he I heard it happen, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like a crazy, crazy thing. Um, and then, you know, my job was totally cut after that. It was just like, no, you know. I went and volunteered for a couple of days on the boats that were docked at the at the harbor downtown that were housing all of the firemen mm -hmm. and everybody cleaning up. And I worked that for a little bit. And then it was like, yeah, it was, I went back and they were like, well, you, do you want to wait tables here for a while? And I was like, do you want to manage? I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to be a manager. It's so much work and so little pay. And so I wrote a resume to go to in English and in Spanish. And I was just going to, you know, I went to the internet cafe. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I'm know. dating myself. No, I know. <laughs> That just reminds me that there's a commercial where uh, the, the, the mothers, the kids are like, you know, the, the braces, you have the aligners and, and like the high speed internet. So like, look at you, no, no rubber bands and all. And like, remember, dong, dong, don't remember getting on AOL. Oh my God. I still have an AOL at, uh, email address. Hey, that's gangster. I, listen, I, anyone who has that, I'm like, you're an early adopter, man. I, my first one was Hotmail. I didn't, I didn't get an email address. I had one in, I had one in law school because they gave us one, but I never used email. It's like, why don't we use email for? I just call you. You know? Right, that's you know lost the, art these days. Yeah, so, um, so you, you um, you're taking this course. So you 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 had started studying wine. You were getting master classes at your job. Mm -hmm. um, 9-11 happens. You actually write a resume. Um, you actually probably wrote it out first and then typed it or word process it. Something like <laughs> something that. like that. Um, and and then um, what was your intention? Where were you, where where were you trying to go with that? So that's a it's. Thank you for that. It's a cool question. So the story is super neat. So when, coincidentally enough, the two major wine directors of Windows of the World, Paolo Villela and Inez Rubistello, at the time when the towers fell, came to work at the restaurant Bluefin, which was one of the BR guest restaurants, which is the restaurant I chose to go to to wait tables again so I could make the money. Yep. Um, so and during that time. I said to Inez, I said, Inez, do you, I really want to like go to Spain and like move to Spain. Do you know like a winery that my, you know, so green, 23, 24 years old, just trying to figure it out. And she said, you know, my friend who owns the Spanish wine import company, he's the one to ask. Why don't you ask him? So she kind of arranged 
a date, basically, and had them come to the restaurant and sit at my table. Mm -hmm. And so my first interaction with Jorge Ordonez and the owner of Tempranillo was them sitting at my table in my section at Bluefin, and I waited on them in Spanish, only completely Spanish. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what they were doing there, but by the end of the by the end of the trip, I had uh, they had offered me a, by the end of the meal they had offered me a job, and I worked there for nine years. Oh, so <laughs> Tempranillo. Now, who was that? Who who owned Tempranillo? Tempranillo. Everybody thinks Jorge Ordonez owned it, but it was owned by pretty much the sweetest man I've ever encountered in the wine business. I just love him. I wish I could hug him right now. Jose Ramon Gude, who was like this merchant marine uh, Galician man. Now, he, he did he live in like Marinette? Yes. I've been to his house. I bet. I've been to his house. I bet you have. Because I, I worked at Sparrow. Yep. <laughs> Armando fucking hates me till this day because I, I left. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, emoji lip seal. That's yeah, all. yeah, and and then uh, I'm. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk afterwards. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, so I went out there with Armando and Mike Garcia. <clears throat> I know them both. I know you do. I know. Them I, both I, very I mean, well. well, as soon as it was Spanish wine, I was like, I was like, I know it wasn't Jorge's house. I went to. I remember we went to Marinac, and that, yeah, Larchmont. Yeah, Larchmont. Yep. The office was in Larchmont. Yeah. He might have lived in Marinac. Yeah, we went to his house. Cause yeah, we, yeah, we went to his house and he cooked a big meal for you. Well, he had, he, you know, he had like all these, this, this illegal cheese and ham. You know, he just drop it in the pallet. It just, you know, like, yep. like he would smuggle jamón. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had, he had the whole setup in his house. So I, yeah, I was, yes, I've been to his house. Um, Nicest man. Yeah, he on was. The I mean, just a generous guy. Um, so. Damn. So like you're like here it goes. You're like okay, you know what a hookup. You you know you you, you sit down. You, you you're waiting table in Spanish. The next thing you know, ba bow. You so and that's when they were just coming on, right? Right. So they had just really blown up. So uh, it was now we're talking. It was 2001. So by May of 2002 was my first trip with Jorge Ordonez to Spain. Um, and so I, that was when I officially started. So I kind of like worked out a little bit. I had already had planned a trip and he was like, cancel that trip and I'll, I'll send you with the team, so to speak. Um, I forgot your question. Um, <laughs> I forgot my question. Just Sorry. tell the story. I mean, you know what's going on in my mind? I swear I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about driving out there. And then I, and I just remember, uh. The Abadia Retuerta wines back then. Were, oh, that's, that's my I, jam. That, that, that's what was in my mind was Abadia Retuerta. The 2001 Abadia Retuerta Selección Especial oh, is God. one of the most delicious wines. I still to this day, it leaves like I can taste it right now. It was yeah. like candied cherries, potpourri, uh, or eucalyptus. So good. Those wines are so good. Yeah. yeah. So 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 you had a trip. You're going to Spain. And then Jorge is like. Pump the brakes. You're gonna, you know, coming with me. Coming with me, um, and uh, tell me about that trip. I mean, well, first of all, I it wasn't that trip that. So Jorge is. Wow, it's a complicated relationship now. Obviously, I've moved on, and yep. he taught me so much, and yep. he's an incredibly, also incredibly generous person. He's a very unique. Uh, personality, and uh, he is very. Uh, he's a character. He you know, travels with his own truffles. So, you know, he, he, he goes around on the bus with a humidor full of truffles. And everywhere we go, he'll just slice them and like nonstop. Uh, one day in Zamora, we, uh, he flew in, you've heard of like Joselito is one of the f most famous Hamon Ibericos, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He flew in Joselito himself, who was exceptionally hungover and like sweating. And he cut 
you know, a $10,000, 10-year-old pata negra, jamón iberico that he had had in his cellar. Um, and we, you know, we, we cut into it and ate the whole thing, you know, <laughs> the whole thing, a group of 25 people, a whole leg. We just sat there and kept doing it until we were done. And then in some, he would shave truffles on them. If anybody taught me how to be a cibarita, it's Yeah, Jorge. I was say, okay, so... Yeah, fucking living in the lap of luxury here. I was so here. fat. <laughs> I would go twice a year on these trips, and it would take me a full six months to recover, and then I would go on another one. <laughs> I was just like salt swollen all the time. <laughs> and his motto was like, "Don't stop until you drop." He he was not a man of uh, restraint on any level. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was my first real dive into it all, and I mean that showed in his wines too. He was kind of the uh, the front runner of Robert Parker in the day, and you know, I was selling wines that had a hundred points, you yeah. know, easily. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, all those wines were uh, big, big, big. Two hundred percent new French oak. Two hundred. <laughs> 100% French oak for 12 months yeah. and then out right. in 100% new French oak for another 12 months. So like legitimately 200% new French oak. Oh my God, that is crazy. They're monsters. Yeah, monstrous wines. Um, so, um, well, you were going to tell me, you started to say something. So what, what, like, what was like a member, like, so it wasn't that trip. You said, wasn't that trip. What, what's a memorable? Well, I met trip? my husband on a Jorge Ordonez trip. Okay. So okay. I was looking at a picture the other day of a table that I took. Um, he doesn't like that I'm going to say this, but actually his name's Joe. And there was another guy on that trip named Joe who actually kissed on that trip. Not my husband, right. but my husband was married at the time. He had a ring on. I didn't look. I'm respectful like that. I'm a lady. <laughs> so I didn't even pay attention. And then years later, we connected. So I met him in 2005 and we went on our first date in 2011 to a Jane's Addiction concert. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is, Wow. So that's probably the most memorable experience I've had on a Jorge Ordonez trip, even though it wasn't at the time very memorable. <laughs> um, but I didn't know it was going to affect my uh, my life moving forward. Um, but again, I think certain wineries, I mean, Remy Yuri was probably the winery that blew me away the most on those visits uh, back in the day to visit like that, that estate winery in the middle of the mountains was just in, in impresionante. It was just really incredible. It took my breath away. And I realized like... I, I, like I'm here right now on my job. Like this is going to be what I do. And once I had that, that feeling, I just, I never could go back. I, I just, that was it for me. It was what I was going to do. Did you? Uh, how'd your mom? Uh, was she tripping when you came back? What those pictures like when you from your like wine job in Spain? She loves it. You know, um, she's awesome. I, I, I definitely, you know, exceeded her. You know. She was a single mom. She had two kids early on. She never got to travel and do those things. So I think in a way, she just lives vicariously through me. And now I've been to Spain with her several times, probably five or six times. And I went to Spain with her with my with my daughter, which there's probably that was probably one of the most amazing experiences ever is walking down the street of San Sebastian with my mom and my kid. You know, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, that's that's. That's, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, it was sweet. Um, so like what, what, so you started, you were just, uh, were you just a salesman when you started for them? So for Tempranillo, I was a salesperson the whole time. Okay. Uh, eight years I worked for him. Okay. Uh, and it was awesome. It was during the heydays of, you know, I, I would say it was awesome. Uh, I didn't realize what I was being a part of. I didn't know at the time because I was so green when I got into it. It was the first company I ever worked for. Mm -hmm. Jorge was like, you don't sell, you don't show a wine two days in a row. You open the wine five minutes before your appointment and you show it to them because he wanted all the oomph and oak and yeah. everything to be right up front. 
wasn't until years later that I was like tasting with other people where they're like, no, man, you could keep the bottles open for a day. It'll be good tomorrow. You know, I didn't I didn't realize that because Jorge was like, no. And so I learned I learned a lot from from him uh, about about how to about, you know, how to entertain, how to take care of people, Mm -hmm. how to go to a restaurant and make everybody walk out and just feel awesome and, you know, never skimp. I just he was he was really uh, he was good for that. Again, I forgot what you're talking <laughs> Listen, we're not, we don't, we don't, I don't, I don't usually. Try not to go yeah. off topic. I'm no, like, no, we, 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 we go off topic here. Don't just, don't, don't, don't just go. I All got right. you. I will I'm bring going. us back. Just, going. You just tell a story. You're here. We're here to hear your story. You got me sweating. Over here, I know you're like, come on now. These plastic pants in a second. <laughs> um, so we're in a wetsuit. So, so like, and your, what was your, uh, what was your beat? What was your what was your territory? All of New York. So that's all what North. you asked me. Yeah. All um, now I got it. It was all of New York. I was the only person at the time. So you had mentioned a guy. You mentioned Sparrow. Yeah. I bet you knew a guy named Luis Moya. Oh who, yeah. Okay. So he worked for Tempranillo at the time. Mm-hmm. So he left. Okay. And I worked for him for a little bit. Yeah. He was like also he was like showman around. You know he's Cubano. Right. You know he's like I swim over here in a refrigerator. You know <laughs> that guy could do anything, and everybody loved him. He's super charismatic. He's still in the business. Mm-hmm. I love that guy, uh, but he left. And uh, I basically would like got his whole territory. So mm-hmm. I worked with everybody. Yep. And then from there, I got to a point where I was starting to get, it was too much. I mean, I was making a lot of money. Uh, it was, I was drinking a lot. I was out every single night, mm-hmm. you know, as a salesperson. If you're not having that last drink at the with the wine director at the end of the night, then you're not getting that sale, yep. you know? Yep. And so I really lived that. And I was single. And it was just like I was out all night long, you know? I would send orders in at like 4.30 in the morning. And then I'd sleep until like 11 and get up and do it every day. And I was really unhealthy. But um, when I left, I, 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 I took people to take my job. So I brought in a bunch of people to start taking over my territory over the course of the last few years. And then they all became like, you know, super, super awesome wine people that they were all restaurant people that I brought to the dark side yeah. who are now running companies. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, so we have to get some more guest uh, suggestions from when we're all done. Yeah. Here. Um, so... Uh, you were there, and then you said, so what happened after you left? Um, so I left Tempranillo actually to open a restaurant. Okay. And uh, it didn't work out because the economy crashed at the end of 2008. So basically the paycheck wasn't getting me out of bed anymore. I didn't want my to see my clients. I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to eat anymore. I just I needed a break. Like, I needed to enjoy... Like the economic slowdown. Everybody was freaking out. Your mm-hmm. Euro money was like, you know... The big boom of 04, 05 was over, and it was like, oh, shit. So our, I was like, I'm going to open up a restaurant um, with my buddy Dave, who I love, who still one day we're going to do it. Um, a Spanish place. We had the spot, which was the old Le Gamin Cafe on Fifth Street between Avenue A and B. Okay. Loved that space. It's now to own me. We were there. We had the whole plan. We had an investor. And then, boom, the market crashed. And that didn't work out. So I took all my hard-earned money and I bought, uh, partnered into Tinto Fino, which, is a, which was a wine store in the East Village, all Spanish wine. The owner was, at the time, was the owner of Tia Pol on 10th Avenue. One of the first, like, kind of cool tapas restaurants mm-hmm. that, for the new generation. And, um, yeah, so I slowed down by walking from 8th and C to 1st and 5th. For about five years, I had that store, beautiful okay. store. That's where Madeline worked. That's okay. how I got to know Maddie. Okay, and um, tell me about that experience. So you like now you were a salesman. You like so you 
you've gone over to the other side. Now you're buying wines from other reps. I miss those days. Everybody loves to buy wine. It's fun. It is. It's fun it? buying wine. You know, you're like, I'll take 10 cases. You know, I it's know. like, oh, it feels so good to support your friends and to be able to like. And spend someone else's money. But it's your money in that case. It but, was my money, but, which but, I didn't do very well. well we closed well, in 2011. <laughs> no, it was a lot, of, a lot of reasons why. It was a labor of love. That store never had a chance, really. But um, Why is that? Was it ahead of its time? Was It, it was a little ahead of its time. It was next to a, a porn shop. Oh, okay. Uh, which was awesome. We did some pairings. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, but we, uh, <laughs> it was on a, it, it was a non-through street, so we like no through traffic. There right. was like a housing development in front. Uh, there was a precinct around the corner. Just like a weird spot. Nobody, you know, there were people that would walk by the store and be like, "How long have you been here?" And I'm like, five years." Oh, that's the worst. They're like, "Really? I live." the block next block, but I never walked down this side of the street because it was also, you know, they, they kept me in business. So I'm so grateful for them and bless their hearts. But it was also where all of the Sri Lankan blinking light restaurants were where they're like, come, come. And they try to pull you in. And so if you're, if you live there, you're walking on the other side of the street, you're not going to go there. People waiting outside, flowing out the door. Like you don't want to be bothered with that. Were those like BYOB? So that's why they, they were BYOB. Okay. And when I first t- took over the store, they didn't have an under like under fifteen section, you know. And I was like, we well, should be in the center of the store, right next to the register. So these people that are coming in from the grab and go yep. under fifteen make the highest margins off of those wines in particular. Make yep. sure they're delicious mm-hmm. and over deliver, but make sure that the margins are big and those are going to be the ones that you know keep you going, keep the lights on, literally <laughs> for now, a couple more years. <laughs> now speaking of under fifteen, I I want to say. Um, Protocolo was Tempranillo wine. Yes. So, so I've talked about this wine a few times. And I'm pretty sure. Protocolo. I'm pretty sure it was like we were selling it for either two ninety nine or three ninety nine at Sparrow, ah. like in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Tell people about how's that wine so fucking good? It's still. It's like it's, and someone went and bought it. I think it's like six ninety nine or something. Probably. And he was like, dude, that he was more excited about that and some. He's like, it was delicious. So like, how? What, what, how? So those. So those wines. I'm here. I am. Owning my own Spanish company, I'm talking I know, about wines that I, I sold in 1999. Well, I've heard of them. Uh, You're welcome, Jorge. Exactly. But Protocolo is um, the Marcos Eguren, the Eguren brothers, who make some of those 100 point wines that I sold. Okay. So they made San Vicente. Mm-hmm. They make all the Sierra Cantabria wines from yep. Rioja. Okay, I know. Yep. They make El Puntido. They made Numancia. And oh, wow. Termancia. Okay. So, you know, when you have incredible winemakers who go to the region of La Mancha and buy the cheapest juice around right. and, you know, are able to make great wine at a, at, a, at a low cost. And so, you know, it's just like the cost of grape where they're making the wines is really, really low. Um, and so they're just able to do great things with it. Great winemakers making inexpensive wine. Yeah, no, I just thank you for thank you for we you know we give you know we give, I can't have a podcast without mentioning Acker Merrill so um, <laughs> do it you know so um, uh, you know I I I didn't know the story behind it, it makes sense now now I know all the wines they make because I was like I was like. Oh. Fuck, is this so good? I love those guys too. I've I've cried. I've had them in my home, and I've mm. like shed tears with those guys when they they sold the project of Termanthia and Numanthia, and they 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 didn't want to do it. They were really down. Like they had, it was like their baby. And when they sold it, when he told me, I just you know they're they're really humble, beautiful people. Now remind me, is that is that are those wines from the Toro region? Those wines, the Numancia yeah, and Termancia yeah, yeah. from the Toro region. Okay, well, those are the ones that got 100 points a couple years yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah. Along with the Clio and El Nido. Remember those? Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got two bottles of Clio on my side. I love Clio. I, 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 don't, I don't know that. I don't know that El Nido's 
worth more than Cleo. I mean, it's. I mean, Cleo was always my favorite. Yeah, Cleo. Uh, Cleo always it's less just, cab, more monastro. Yeah, man, just. Ugh. Yeah, the Cleo always had the El Nido was more cab. It had that like, oh, yeah. you know, the yeah. the Cleo was more yeah. juicy yep. and lush yep. and yep. really floral. Um, what's that great. word? Uh, the Sibarita. Sibarita. Yeah, Exactly. It's that word. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, somehow it probably has everything to do with you being between a Sri Lankan restaurant and a uh, porn <laughs> store. Um, but, but so you're moving on. The doors close, unfortunately. And then what happens next? So, you know, what happened, what happened next is, uh, let's say that I had a detour for a couple years and worked for a different company that didn't work out very well for, okay. for anybody. Um, <laughs> I've had a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk about it yeah, legally, so we'll move on. That's yeah, why it's not in my bio. I don't like okay. to, all you know, press listen. is press, right? Is good press, so I prefer to keep it. No, listen, I don't quiet. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to jam people up on the show. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm also trying to be. Yeah. I'm also, you know, doing this on purpose. I know. I trying know. to escape the I mean, line, listen, but listen. also uh, we had some we, we had Andre Mack on, you know, and like how you know those very. Rich people from France said, uh, you know, he had to change the name of his wine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> small um, world. So it's a small world. Right, it, right. It's a small, small world. So what? So, so you got a little detour. Got a detour. And, uh, but I met my business partner. Okay. That's the most important part okay. about it. Okay. So w during the detour, I uh, got pregnant, didn't know it. First started the job on July 1st. On July 4th, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's not going to work um, for, for, the, for the company. <laughs> I don't think they thought they, you know, they bought a jalopy, basically. It was like, that wasn't what we expected. <laughs> so that didn't, it lasted a couple years. I had a kid, left that company kind of abruptly. But what it did is allowed me a, a year of kind of reflection. And I was unable to get another job by contract and whatnot. And so I kind of just had to take a couple steps back. And in that time, I, re I connected with my business partner of my company now, who was also an employee of that same company. So we both left and started our own company. Okay. And uh, just for, you know, since we haven't, we're probably like, we're like an hour in. What's the name of your company? Started, starting here. So in 2017, I started La Luz Selections, which is the light. And La Luz is, uh, you know, I, we named it that because we really wanted to see the light, to, to, to operate a different business and be a kind of a a radiating positive force in the business rather than, uh, you know, just kind of the run of the mill type of situation. So my business partner is a kind of a well-known winemaker from Oregon named John House. He'd be also great for this. He uh, is the winemaker and owner of Ovum Wines. Okay. Natty Riesling's from, from Oregon. Okay. And uh, yeah, we, we make a, a pretty good duo. Okay. <laughs> so let's, um, I want to take a deep dive into the light selections. Um, we make take a, we need to take a quick break. Okay. So we're going to do that. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about La Luz. If you follow me on social media, you know I love discovering and drinking new and exciting labels and winemakers. The Wine Spies offer wines like Single Vineyard Tempranillo from Amador County, Single Vineyard Mount Veter Zen from Peter Franis. If you don't know who he is, now you know. 
Wine Spies has been gathering intel since 2007, so these guys are really connected in the biz, and that's how they can offer so many great deals. I love their locker feature. It lets you build a case over time so you can check out with just one bottle and avoid shipping charges. They have a top-notch tasting panel, so I can rely on the wines to be great every time, which lets me play around and discover more. The spies always take care of me, so if I'm not 100% happy with the wine, they'll make it right. And just for the listeners of my show, there's a special Black Wine Guy Experience URL discount code for $10 off your first order when you sign up at winespies.com forward slash Black Wine Guy. Okay, we're back. So, La Luz selections. See, I thought when you said it's the light, I was like, "Oh, she liked that common song with uh <laughs> Oh, I do love that song though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly, cuz we've had so many guests who are big 90s hip-hop heads, yep. um, you know. So. I could have gone that direction too. Tribe Called Quest. I, you know, I told um I was saying that in DC, I saw the Far Side. It was like one of my clubs at the 9:30 club. I was into that. But um but so yeah. so you, your partner, you're saying he's a winemaker out of Oregon and you guys are a dynamic duo. And um, so you formed your company. And then what was – so you said he was winemaking in Oregon. So was that your focus originally or what – Never. How, so we okay. we started the company. He left. We worked with um, a couple of really great producers in the portfolio that I represented. And th- when I left, because I was a partner in the company, the portfolio basically dissolved. Um, Jorge – uh, sorry, Raul Perez was one of the guys in the portfolio, and he also decided to move on. And so when he left the portfolio, it, there wasn't really much left for them to really keep going. So they tried to absorb some of the stuff, but we brought some of the people with us. They they called us, and we kind of created the, the portfolio out of a couple of, you know, friendly wineries. And basically, we had worked with Portuguese wines, too. I've started working a lot with Portugal, which are some of the greatest values right now, um, especially considering that they're not tariffed. It's a big point. Spain is heavily tariffed, and Portugal's not. Why? Why is that? <clears throat> they're not involved in the whole uh, the whole uh, EU they're not, they're not Airbus EU? situation. They are in the EU, but they weren't guilty as charged. Just like Italy, kind of escaped. Okay. Um, you know, uh, at first, right? Then they got added to it. I think. Uh, um, um, so but Portugal was never never involved in the whole scandal. They're not involved at all. So they they were the wines are just not tariffed. None of them. And Spain is over fourteen point one percent. Sorry, under fourteen point one percent. So anything over fourteen point one is allowed. Well, so you know your meal is fine. <laughs> There's so many toros fine. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah. So 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 you guys started. You brought some people. Um, because you had existing relationships, they came right, over. Right. Um, My business partner sent me a bottle of. It's basically the Protocolo of of Portugal. Okay. Legit Protocolo of Portugal. He said, "Listen, taste this bottle with your husband, who's also in the wine business. He owns a shop in Jersey, and he said, put it in the fridge for five minutes and taste it with Joe and see what you think." So we were, we just started the company. We already knew that we were going to be bringing in a Ribeira del Duero that I work with, that were friends of mine. We knew that I was going to be bringing in my friend Laosa from Leon. We needed some like palette movers, you know, something like sure things. So he sent me this bottle. He's like, tell me what you think. We put it in the fridge and my husband and I drank it truly in like 15 minutes. It was just drink, you know, 
incredible. 12% alcohol. Uh, it was from the Castelao grape. They did some cement. They blended everything. It was like product of Portugal. You know, it didn't even have like a D. And like Old school, like, uh, what was it? Pathmark. Remember, truly, no frills. It like doesn't have Portuguese a vintage. Wine. It doesn't even have a vintage. Wow. It doesn't. It's non-vintage. Multi-vintage. Right? Well, yeah. it is one vintage, but yeah. they don't put a vintage on the label because if they do put a vintage on it, they have to pay more money. Mm-hmm. If they put a region on it, then they have to pay more money. And in order to keep the price to be like, well, you go to Portugal and you're like, I drank this great wine and it was one euro. Why can't I find it here? And it's right. like, because there's just passes through so many boxes, it has to click that add money. And so we were like, could this work? Are the people ready for a non-vintage like vino de Portugal, you know, vino? Um and it turns out they were. So it was, and then he told me how much it was. And I, I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> you're joking. And so we basically built the company off of like a, you know, kind of inexpensive, chuggable, light bodied Portuguese table wine. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's the first time I heard that story. Yeah. It didn't end up being the wine that we thought it was going to be in the portfolio. Other wines actually from Portugal ended up leading the pack, but uh, it, it ended up opening the doors and getting things started. So we're very grateful for that. So clearly you have this love for the Iberian Peninsula. And you, you said this a few moments ago. Um, maybe you can shed some light. Why are wines from that region still they're still undervalued. Like even I was telling someone, even like if you look at like, I mean, with the exception of Vega Sicilia, like, you know, like, I mean, there's so many age worthy wines, like from, from, from Spain and, and, and particularly Spain. I need to know more about Portugal. We know all we, we, you know, most Americans, we don't know shit about Portugal, except port, you know, and stuff like Vino that. Verde, you know, sparkling Vino Verde, Gazella. you know, um, but like, how is it that like, it just, it's, I mean, it's just, I mean, they've been making wine forever. I mean, it's just... You know, I I already kind of talked about it, which is unfortunate, but they took a couple of wrong turns. And basically it was, I feel, you know... It's like when someone gets out of jail, you know, they just like go nuts. Maybe I don't know. I've never been, but um, well, <laughs> except that one time. Except that one time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's like. Uh, you go full throttle and you go full force. I think that Jorge's uh, movement during that time kind of changed the landscape. Okay. Um, and I think that they got set back after, you know, first of all, Franco kept, you know, things on lock, so to speak. You know, they didn't weren't allowed to have uh, international or outside information, outside education. They weren't allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to have that information, you know. And so they were very isolated. Um, but when Franco passed, then you know, things started to open up. And really, it was like early 80s that we started to start to really see Spanish wine come out, like, you know, overly, you know, commercialized East Albarino, but we, we were getting it, you know. Um, and then the idea of, uh, of, of, of the, the point system came out right around that time. It started to really be big as Spain was starting to find its feet. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of producers like Chase scre- the screwed the pooch and just over oaked it, overdid it, over extracted. And really it, it's just now starting to see the, the, the aftershocks from that. Or I mean, you know, we're just starting to see it rectify, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the correction. I yeah. Really call it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's correcting course. Um, and so it's, to, I mean, I was kind of part of it too. So I'm, <laughs> It's hard to it's hard, it's it, it feels it feels a little dirty, you know, but I'm here to also correct it as well. So with with the wines that we bring in now that are that are not that. She said I sold these big 
100 point fruity oak bombs and i feel so dirty <laughs> dude man but gotta pay the bills man i, know, I, I know, mean <laughs> I know i'm saying like you know i'm not mad this is so funny how you described it i think it's pretty hilarious. i do i feel dirty about I feel it dirty yeah no i i tell them i don't mind a slutty wine you know it's okay um sometimes i just don't want to i don't want to i don't want to have to figure you out wine Show wanna, me your cards. Yeah, just come on. Lay just it on, lay the it on me. Come on, baby. Hit me. I hear you. <laughs> but, um, I've never been uh, one to beat around the bush, so I <laughs> definitely agree. Um, so, uh, and then uh, a follow-up question. Um, why is Portugal still not? That one I can't explain. They've had so many, no, like, no. Portugal's on the cutting edge. I know. You hear all that shit, like, 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 like 20 years. 20 years. Like, it's just so funny. Like, you read a, a wine spectator from 20 years ago, and it's just pretty much the same fucking headlines, right? Same. Emerging in Santa Barbara. Portuguese. Fun. I mean, but anyway, but like, yeah, I mean, like. Any... I, I actually think that now is the time. I do. And I know that that's just like, oh, okay. But I think the tariffs have really, uh, it's like Chile. Right. Chile is having a total resurgence right now. We're seeing lots of wines coming from Chile because people are looking outside of the, the mainstream of Spain and and uh, and these France where where they're getting tariff just to do business. Same wines are now 25% more expensive. When you can go to Chile, which are producing, they are on the verge of also a huge, you know, movement and resurrection from from winemaking of a lot of innovation and cool shit going on there too. But I think this is the time for Portugal. There's a lot of natural wine coming from Portugal, like a ton. And I think that that's going to help them get into the palates of the, the new generation. So let's, uh, you brought up natural wine. So let's like... Don't ask me about it, dude. I, I, come on. I'm, I'm, like, I'm just kidding. I know, Ask man. me. No, I mean, like, what, what? So, I was listening to something yesterday, and and they were like, "You want natural? That's fine. If you want, you want to put bottles of wine in your cellar, that just might explode." I mean, like, when you, in natural wine, like, what do you? When you say it, how are you defining it? That's to me, well, it's a, it's a great question, yeah. and we uh, straddle that line in our company because my business partner is, like I said, a winemaker, and he makes wines that are considered natural, but he adds a little bit of sulfur, right? right, right. And he doesn't own his vineyards, mm -hmm. right? A lot of these people don't. like. So it's what natural wine means to me, depending on who I'm talking to. I think that that's really the question. <laughs> Good answer. Um, you know, because... Uh, there are a lot of incredible wines that fit all of the parameters that are natural wine. This, by all parameters, is a natural wine. Right. Okay? It's right. under 70 parts per million of sulfur. It, there's nothing added. Uh, it's all organic biodynamic farming. I mean, this fits the bill. But this isn't what people think about when they think about well, natural that's what I'm wine. Right, right. So, like, I, I don't – listen, I love a biodynamic – you know, so many people – in the old world especially, are biodynamic just because that's the way they do it. They never knew anything. They never knew like, anything. What do you mean organic? Yeah, yeah. We never did right, anything. Right, 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 why would we use why chemicals? Why would we spend money on, yeah. on chemicals? Right, exactly. So, so and, and a lot of them, and I, I try and tell people, like a lot of wines, like, and it's just so many, but like they're not labeled because they're like, I'm not paying to have that on my label. It costs more. Like I said, you're adding to the cost when you do shit like that, right? So, so are we talking about what I'm hearing and I want you is like, it's, it's, a, it's a minimalist approach to making wine right doing as little as possible and and a lot of my winemaker friends from the west coast they they follow the same thing like I, they're like i make my wine in the vineyard and i and then i you know and they're and they're trying not to do anything you know i got one he's like i don't even stir the freaking leaves man i i, I put it in there you know just let it happen i let it happen you know um so that i can roll with i mean if you were to ask this guy right i always ask him do you want to come to raw wine fest this year you know you fit the bill he's like nah 
this part of a club. Like I don't do things to be a part of something that's right. classified. Right. Um, you know, and so he doesn't he doesn't subscribe to to that whole. You know, but he if I if I asked him, like, would you ever consider making a, a wine with no sulfur? His answer was, you're not so tonto. Like, I'm not stupid. Right. Right. So he believes in all the philosophies, but he's not going to spoil the fruit, so to speak, by not. Right. You know, it's going to ship across the country. I mean, right. he does por lo justo, they say in Spanish. It's just like just the amount to keep it right. Right. Um, but he believes in 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 what, the, you know, the process of the farming and everything. I mean, if you follow this guy on Instagram, it's a lesson in in biodynamic farming. But um, again, it's natural, but it doesn't per, doesn't per se check all the natty boxes. Right. So that that's what I would say is like, I think, like I said, it's it's a club. It's it's a. It's a reaction, you know, to to Jorge. To Jorge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's a, and I think just in the market too. I think because a lot of those wines, from like from a California standpoint, a lot of those wines are so expensive, right? So, you know, you can't afford the wines. Is it? Is it? It could there be some sour grapes? Knowing human nature, there's some sour grapeiness in there, right? But. I love wines like this. Like that's why I say, like this is biodynamic. It's organic. You know, you know, it's minimal interventions. It's clean, it's clean right? You know, I mean. Um, so yeah, we we had to delve into that. So all right. So now, um, where what are you uh, most excited about in your in your book right now? So like I know you're saying Portugal. It's 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 time. Like what? Ah, it's a hard question. Like your babies, right? So I did bring this sherry, and I do think it deserves like a second. So I'll, I, it, when I say most excited, I have things that are more cutting edge, probably, like that estranchero that I sent you. That Mencia is killer. Yeah. And you were also talking. You asked me a question about the value of of the Spanish wines, right? We have a an Albarino from that same winemaker, Eulogio Pomares, that is. Uh, Single vineyard, single parcel, three hectares on the ocean, you know, 50 meters above sea level. Incredible Albarino. Slovenian oak. It is, you know, on the lees. It has texture. It's from 2018. You know, you can find it in a, in a store for 30-something dollars. I mean, that same wine in oh. France would be hundreds of dollars. I, I need to get down with you. I need to have to get some more wines from you because, like, I mean, Hori, I mean, I had this, I, you know, I had this, I had a... Barrel aged Albarino, uh, Lacana. Right. Oh. Yep. I know those. White ones. Burgundy. Right. And the age really. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like, this one is more. Got, has lactic. a big ass punt. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. Like, like lay this down, but yeah, it's more lactic. Yeah. Okay. This one's more. This one is more like I think of tatilla cheese. It's a, a cow's milk from that area of Spain too. It has like a, it's like cheesy and creamy and lactic, but like a little tart, a little cheesy, um, a bit of marzipan. It's just an incredible wine, but f super fresh. I mean, saline, mineral, all that. Um, but an, an incredible wine that from anywhere else in the world that is more regarded would be triple the price. Yeah. You know, and if anybody who drinks Chablis or Grand Cru Burgundy wants to have an everyday style of wine, it's something like a, you know, Foudre style of Albarino. It's incredible. Mm. Um, but what I'm, I mean, I love sherry, you know. Okay, so like, <clears throat> talk sherry, girl. It's hard to sip because... Like it is a bit warm in here and <laughs> it's high in booze. Um, but this is like something that. Come on, this is the girl who was out till the break of dawn 
right north at 4.30. I, need to, I should have brought some jamón to go with it. So the, the La Casilla here, so this is from a, an estate, estate winery in, in the region of San Lucar de Barrameda. I, even with the Jorge Ordonez, I worked with some of their fortified wines. Okay. I'm kind of obsessed uh, with the region, the culture. I first lived in Sevilla when I lived in Spain. I've been now like 50, 55 times or something like that to Spain. And uh, I, yeah, it's a lot. It's a God lot. Damn. I need to get out more. 55 times. So you must I need have, to get out this, more. This must have been a rough year for you. It's tough. It's the longest I've ever gone. Yeah. But literally, I, I came back from Spain February 20-something uh, before lockdown. Just got, so got I just time. got back. Right. Uh, so, And I already have booked another trip. I just don't know if we're going to get to go. But I've got the ticket. And if you know, if you put it out there, maybe it'll happen. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with my daughter for the for September. Um, but So I love Sherry. And this is the wine that is a showstopper. I mean, this is a 27-year-old aged uh, Palomino, which is the base grape for all dry sherry from the region of Jerez and Sanlúcar. And this wine is, I tasted it and I, I, I Googled it. I tasted it in Spain, in Rías Baixas, with the winemaker of Estranchero, that Mencia that you had. We were okay. out to dinner okay. at a restaurant in, 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 in Galicia with Luis Seabra, my friend from, from Portugal, famous guy, making some good wines there. And I tasted this wine. The, the wine director brought it over. He's like, have you had this? I competed in a sherry competition, an international Copa Jerez. I should have added that to my bio. I'm super proud of that. But, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I cold called the guy. I Googled the wine. I Googled it. There was a number on contact us on the website, and I called it. It was the guy's cell phone. He's like, see? And I was like, hola, soy Kerin, um, me, me gusta tu Jerez. And so uh, I was going to Sherry a couple weeks later for the, the, the Copa Jerez, for the Sherry competition. And I, I knocked on the guy's door, basically, and we tasted wine for about eight hours with no food in the cellar. And uh, we, like, hugged it out, and that was it. I was I was the first person to... Well, not the first, actually. Someone brought in a little bit before us, but these wines are groundbreaking for the region of Jerez. And they make, uh, and I say Jerez as a region because this is from Jerez, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a fortified style of wine. It's not a manzanilla. Only manzanilla can be labeled as San Lucar de Barrameda, which is an issue for me because this spends a lot of time under floor. If you ever want to have me back for a sherry talk, we oh, can wait, do it. Wait. But <laughs> it's a, a lot to I'm, say. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing this. So yeah, we. So um, be back. Yeah, no. This is uh, this is a wine that's been aged for seven years under a layer of of yeast, and then 20 years aging oxidatively. And so you could keep this bottle open for as long as it takes you to drink it. Wow. Just need a little bit to wet your lips. Have you ever tasted anything so dry and salty, but also? I mean, this is just opened. I think it drinks best after it's open for like four or five days. Let the alcohol kind of soften up. But so, yeah, this is uh, the prize of this winery. That is a beautiful thing. Um, just all that just nuttiness and honeyed and just dried fruity. Dried fruit, yeah. orange peel. There's yep. um. There's a flower in the south of Spain called Lantana that we have it here too. You can, it's like a small kind of red, pink. They call it like pink lemonade. There's all different brand, like names of the different colors, but it's a round flower. And then within the flower, it has little tiny flowers that blossom and they smell like grapefruit zest. And, and, and it's just a very particular smell. And I get it in this wine as well. And it's native to Jerez. So, mm. um, mm. And what would you typically pair this with? You know, my intention was to drink this the whole time because I think that that would have really opened up some some, 
Listen, we'll, we'll have you back in the winter, you know? <laughs> because it's one of those wines. It's a it's a conversation piece. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of the time, it opens up. It starts to develop. Your, your palate opens up. I would serve this with anything from a pork chop to some aged cow's milk to a piece of dark chocolate. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to eat with this wine. I, I try I'm not to eat too many. I'm a dark chocolate freak, so I can do that. And you, you, saw, a, my, you saw my pork chops on Instagram. They so like chuletas, like, hombre. Yeah, chuletas, Esto yeah. es. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I'll deglaze the pan with whatever sherry I have Ooh. open, any brown sherry that I have open. So I cook the pork chop, and then when I take it out, I splash of the brown sherry, let it cook down, and then drizzle that over the over the pork chops. Always a always a hit. Always a hit. Always a hit. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Uh, one of your wines uh, recently was um, in the New York Times, like a, a best value or on one of those under. I don't one... think it was me. That wasn't, wasn't you the wrong girl, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, um, you're not Prunus? I am, but I didn't. It was in the New York yeah, Times? Yeah, I think it was one of Eric's articles. Yeah. When? Yeah, a couple couple weeks ago. Stop it. No. Did I miss it? I think you missed it. Prunus was in it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Stop. I'm pretty sure. Show me the... Uh, I want to... I'm just kidding. I know. I'm going to have to check that out. That's yeah, big news, man. I, I, I thought so, but... I mean, it, it should be. It's the prunus. So I mentioned earlier that we we didn't we thought Lazeria, which is that that little uh, inexpensive Portuguese guy that I yeah. said was going to change the world for us. Right. It ended up being prunus. So um, our friend from Portugal, uh, Luis, we had worked with him. He was one of the other people that we had worked with. We met. He's like, you know, my wife makes wine. <laughs> my business partner does a, ver a much better example of him, uh, his accent, because it's very thick. And uh, he, 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 she makes these wines called Gota. And the Prunus is, uh, the Prunus red and white are, uh, they are the, our most successful wines. What are, what, are, what, what are the grapes in uh, the white and what are the grapes in the red? So the white is principally encruzado which is that f really stone fruit, which is what prunus means. The word prunus is stone fruit. Okay. So in the white, it's like apricots, peaches, and in the red, mirabelles, cherries, plums. Uh, the red is mostly Jaén, which in Portugal is menthia. So Damn, I'm learning so much. So you, you like the other menthia, you should yeah. try that. And okay. it's it's really, they're much less expensive. No, you I know. know. That they're prunus like, is like $14 yeah, on the shelf. 15 bucks or something yep. like that. And so, yeah, the prunus is incredible. It blends some alfrochero and some other grapes as well, but it's mostly mostly Jayen. And it's from the Dao, or as they say in Portuguese, Dao, <laughs> with... Um, which is kind of the highest elevation of, of Portugal. So it makes some of the freshest wines. Portugal's, you know, one of those things that you asked about, like, why is it taking so long? It's, you know, they're trying to figure out how to balance their heat. You know, it's a very hot country and a lot of the grape growing is on the middle of the, uh, of the hot lands and so dry, arid. So they're trying to figure out how to balance that. But the Prunus is all about, all of the Gota wines are about acid. You know, she's looking for freshness. It's mm -hmm. 13%, I think. So that's kind of rare, but... Um, getting to be less rare now in these days but that's thank for that notice i'm gonna have to look that yeah, up thanks that eric up. um and so like <clears throat> what what do you have like like high end in your book i'm sure you have some like some <laughs> bangers right well, we have so a real well this is no schlep this is one of the more pricey wines in my portfolio for sure the okay. la casilla these wines are you know they're probably in the 60 dollars range on the shelf for this mm. little guy um what's that a 500 ml uh yes yep. Um, but again, just to, it's like the sales pitch, Sherry, the gift that keeps giving, you know, right. but like you, this one bottle, you'll have however many experiences right. with it, you know, right. you can break it out at a party right. and pour four glasses and then put it away. And then, you know, one night after dinner, you have a little bit. And so it's not just one night. 
Um, but we also have some high-end Rioja. I work with a really cool Rioja producer that I discovered when I was had my store, Tinto Fino. Uh, there was a small company that would always come in. He's a, kind of a goofy guy. I love him. <laughs> and he uh, he... When I started my company, I said, come on, Jim, you know you're not selling those Riojas outside of New York. Are you selling them in New York? What are you doing, buddy? And it turned out that he was just about to leave his dissolve his company, um, and it was the perfect timing. So I picked up these Centenaria old-school Riojas that have been around as long as, like, Lopez Rivia and all yep. those producers, and they're killer. And their Grand Reservas are, are just groundbreaking, but they're still really value-priced, so I don't have anything that's super expensive. No, I'm just curious, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yo... Karen, hook me up with a flex bottle, you know. You, 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 I'll think of what I can flex with. You know? I, I'll think of what I can flex with. I'll come up with something flexier. <laughs> good job. <laughs> you know, see, good thing we got in this bottle. You know what? Sometimes when I first started this, doing the podcast, I would I'd have a little something before I came in. But, like, but like yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, this is one of these wines that I'm on the yellow. It's like kind of the last stop you know it's yeah. hard to once you go brown it's hard to go back you know it's like it doesn't... i believe it's once you go black you never go back uh, but you know but you know it, I, yeah. my husband's really light-skinned so i you it's know, i like I, to say brown I, but i'm talking about the sherry I mean, MJ. I'm, I'm talking about too, the but i'm the black wine guy i mean i still would be black you know i'm just saying i said it. to my husband would you would you be offended if i said you were blackish because he's so he's light-skinned and he's like no baby i'm used to it you could say whatever you want but, um the TV show, you know. I know. Or... <laughs> <laughs> he looks more Dominican, actually. Yes. And then I speak Spanish, so everyone's like, well, I know. And he starts I speaking mean, Spanish I mean, to him, yeah. and he's like, nah, bro. I know, I know, I know, people. I, because, you know, like, I, you know, I experienced that, like, you know, white Puerto Ricans. People don't realize the Spanish influence, right? So, I have like, a Puerto Rican friend who has red hair and blue eyes. Right. So, so. And and then like you know like I used to like sometimes people used to think I was like Puerto Rican and they started being spent on subway I'm like I don't, speak, I don't know so I no, get Pablo. it yeah and then if he's with you and you and you and your accent your accent's perfect and they're like he's like what it's happened when I'm, we lived I'm in the Jersey. East Village when we lived in the East Village because the East Village my whole neighborhood was Puerto Rican and Dominican and they were like my people I lived there for twenty years they'd be like oh yeah good boss yeah, yeah. and then when they when I met started when I started dating him and yeah. we'd walk down the street together he looked like. I mean, he looks like every guy in the yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> and so they just assumed. And yeah. I was like, no, man. And he's just, oh, man. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there a region outside of Spain and Portugal that you might want to add to your book? Hmm. It's a great question. Uh, my business partner would probably say... Yes, uh, he's actually looking into some funny, you know, interesting, funky, not funny uh, wines from Serbia. His wife is Serbian, okay, and uh, they make some really cool organic rieslings and all sorts of fun. A lot of white wine there that he's been um, trying to muscle me into thinking to mm-hmm. consider. Um, I don't know. You know, listen, my fellas in the wine business, we drink a lot of great wine at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a specialist, you know, and I'm I'm happy to. You know, if we were to bring somebody else in or uh, another country in, it would probably be because of something in particular, a relationship that had blossomed or changed or someone that came on board that had a connection or something specific. But I'm a firm believer in like sticking, not sticking to what you know, but like we're, we're Iberian Peninsula. The company is La Luz. It means it's the same in Portuguese and Spanish. And like it was, it's, it's, I've dedicated my whole career to it, you know? So I'd like to 
drink lots of wines from all over the world. We drink a lot of French wine, a lot of Nebbiolo in my house. That's not French, but we drink a lot of French wine and a lot of Nebbiolo. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they know. I, well, I mean, it, it, nobody, I don't think anybody, listens, well, they might not know, but yeah. Um, but you know, they don't, you know, uh, they don't, I wonder if anybody's growing any Nebbiolo in France somewhere. So, well, there's a San Giovese vine growing in my backyard, just so Get you know. Out. I swear, San Jersey Vesey. I was like, San Jersey. I got it in my backyard. Oh, uh, you're going to have to hook me up with some of that house wine. I love, I'm, I, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of uh, California San Giovese, California Barbera. I'm a fan of people experimenting. So Jersey of AC could be. Jersey of AC. I don't know if it's going to produce fruit. We'll see this year. There was one like meat mangy, like shriveled up vine when grape cluster when we got the house. So we'll see what happens with That's it. But so um, but you're, you're, you're like, this is what we do. And there is something to be said for this is what we do. This is who we are. I love that it is La Luz is the same in both languages. But, you know, that makes sense. You know, listen, we, we could have, we, we thought about it and we're, we, it, nothing is off the table, but you know, um, like in Spanish, for example, you know, I can communicate with everybody. I really can get to the heart of things. You know, I think that, yeah, there's just a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of wine companies doing a lot of things and I feel really secure in what we've created. There's always the future, but I'm happy right now to just, there's so much in Spain and Portugal. And honestly, Portugal is new for me. Spain was my whole career, but Portugal is like a huge so, oyster right now to explore. So tell me about what what is there a region that you think is going to be huge in Portugal? I mean, I think that the Dow has tremendous potential for like age-worthy fine wine, mm -hmm. but I think you're going to start seeing, I'd rather say a grape. Okay. So the Castelao grape that I talked about before, we've seen it in a lot of different, uh, you know, expressions but what i love about uh, the most about it is we found it in this really tutti fruity juicy bright really fresh style a lot of it comes from like the lisbon area so if i had to say i would say like the lisboa area uh who are just coming out of that again trying to balance their their mother nature yep. with uh with wanting to produce kind of a new generation of Portuguese wines. I think a lot of people, the, the best wines out of Portugal right now are coming from renegade new guys that are kind of resurrecting old vineyards and doing something new. Not like the people that have been doing it forever, you know, but there's just a lot of thirst for innovation there, which is exciting because a lot of places are still stuck in their ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I'm just thinking back over our conversation. You've had a lot of successes. Um, and then, you know, we we mentioned an NDA and XYZ and, you know, stuff like that. Um, was there ever a time where you were like, you know what? I think I'm going to walk away. I think I'm done with uh, wine. Just then, right when right when that happened, um, I was really disheartened by the, the breakup, so to speak, Um it was everything happens for a reason, you know, I firmly believe that. And I guess it was just not the right fit. Uh, but it really gave me pause and, and made me think that maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe I could switch it up. Maybe I should be do travel tours to Spain. Maybe I'll, you know, uh, be a real estate agent. I was thinking that for a while. Mm -hmm. I love real estate. I just love houses and design and all that architecture. So I thought that would be really great. So in 2016, 
I almost truly tapped out. Wow. I, I almost did. I got a little bit of a severance. I took my daughter to Spain for a month for the summer because I was like, I, I, what am I going to do? Can't work. <laughs> can't work. I, I don't, I'm not working, so I can't like have child care for my daughter. So it's just me and her. You know, my husband's busy working. And so we just went to Spain for a month. And I visited some people that were friends and they kind of talked me back into it. Like, we need you. Like, if you help us, like, we want you to, to be the one. And so it was kind of those heartstrings that pulled me back in before I was really able to flip the switch. So I'm grateful for that because La Luz really has been <laughs> really illuminating for, for my life. And, and uh, I just, I love what I do. I feel really grateful. That's awesome. That's awesome. And where... Uh, how many states are your wines distributed in? That's a good question. So we work in New York with a couple local distributors. We work with Bonami Wine Imports, which are good friends. My Bonamigos, uh, shout out to my Bonamigos. I love that company. They're about as uh, salt of the earth as you get. Mm -hmm. Charlie Woods has been around in the business for a long time. He's a great dude. And I sell uh, another portion of him through T. Edward Wines, big company, uh, mm -hmm. also amazing people. And through T. Edward Wines and through Bonami, I've been able to expand to a few other states here on the East Coast mostly. And then California. A lot, a lot of states, California, Vermont, Massachusetts, Illinois, Washington, Oregon, soon to be Texas, uh, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, soon to be Maine. Hopefully tomorrow my call works out and Maryland, Washington. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Oh, my God. MJ, thanks. So Karen, fun. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, I wanted people to know where they could find the wines, but also tell people where they can find you, how they can be a, far, a part of what you're doing, like your, your Instagram handles, what tell people. Yeah. yeah. So everything's La Luz Selections. Um, I wrote the whole website, so every word and grammar error and uh, <laughs> misinformation is all mine. And uh, so LaLuzSelections.com is really a great resource to see what we're up to, uh, our philosophy philosophy, the producers that we work with, all the tech sheets for every wine, every story that we have to tell. Uh, the wines are all over the country, New York, uh, a lot of states, you know, mm -hmm. it would be, uh, you know, yeah, actually, I should. And uh, yeah, no, you can find them a lot of places. I was going to shout out my husband's store, but uh, it's just. You can uh, shout out your husband's yeah, no, store. It's a little sticky. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. So, <laughs> 56 degree wine in Bernardsville, New Jersey. There you go. So you can always, and he probably ships. So, and if you just, just go online. He ships all over. There you go. No, but it's not even about La Luz. I'm, I'm actually really proud of him. And, and I am going to use this moment to say so. So my husband, like I said, is a blackish guy in a, in a really uh, not blackish town in Morristown, Bernardsville, New Jersey. He has um, on his staff, a woman who's from India and a guy who's from Peru and like he has built something really special in a place that like had all the odds against him. And he recently just uh, became the sole owner of the store. He was a partner in it with some other people for a really long time. And it's gone overlooked because so much other shit is happening. But I'm just really proud of him. He, he worked hard at that store. He started out, uh, you know, like 12 years ago or 15 years ago when we met 16 years ago. As uh, he was a, for a famous mu uh, former musician, and he owned a skate shop, you know, and <laughs> this was his dream, and he he made it happen. So I'm super proud of him. So we're gonna have to get him on the show, Big Joe. We get you on the show, Joey B. Joey B. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Um, I really learned a shit ton. I really learned a lot. You're a wonderful personality. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Bright smile. Uh. 
And yeah, it was a little hot in the studio, so she's like, you know, but got it under control. Am I rosy? You're rosy. So um, rosy? Yeah, you're a little rosy. It's because I have... Uh, <laughs> but anyway. I'm rosy. This is natural. I don't wear yeah, blush. Exactly, exactly. See? She just, she's just so vibrant. I'll wait till the videotape. I can imagine how so guys, rosy I am. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, it's your boy MJ. Here's to the, uh, the Mavericks, the philosophers, and the deep thinkers that inhabit this world of wine. Cheers. Peace. We're out. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. We want to thank our supporter, the Conaway Fund a component of the Prosperity Foundation, which supports cultural and heritage events, scholarships, mentoring programs, and more. Go to theconawayfund.org and see how you can donate and make a difference in underserved communities.